Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is May the 18th, and we're picking up where we left off yesterday and the day before. And this Mm -hmm. is part three, and we are addressing head-on the conversation that has been uh, happening all over really the world with regards to the housing markets. A lot of people are firm believers that there's going to be a housing crash. After all, how can there be all this, you know, price appreciation, AKA inflation without some sort of bubble popping? I mean, that's what the, you know, people uh, will have you believe. And so what Julie and I've been doing is we've been setting the table for you to have all the information necessary so that you can give folks a really clear, honest, educated answer as to why there will or won't be a housing crash. And our bias is obviously towards there won't be a housing crash. Um, now, before we get into the weeds anymore, and Julie's written down, I think four or five points here. They're fantastic. I want to remind all of you that it does not matter what direction the market goes. So please don't be thinking that Julie and I are just, um, you know, some sort of housing cheerleaders and that we're only um, wanting the housing market to go one particular direction. What we want is irrelevant. The market's going to go in whatever direction it wants to go. But as a skilled real estate practitioner, a.k.a. you, That's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what direction the market goes because you can make um, uh, money helping lots and lots of people, whether, whether we're in an extreme seller's market like we are now or if the market is adjusting or if it's even in a, a real uh, severe buyer's market. It doesn't matter. There'll still be opportunities for the skilled agents who have their mindset focused on being of service to other folks. So Julie, let's just jump right back in. But before we do, I want to remind all of them that they can download their free real estate treasure map and Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. These are two, I mean, guys, if you don't get these books, you're really missing out. And these books truly are, uh, I think, a foundation for your long-term real estate career. Now, if you've been in the business for a long time, you need these books especially because chances are you've gotten a little bit off course for the direction you originally had for yourself when you got your license. One is Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. And yes, that is based on Think and Grow Rich, the very famous book from uh, Napoleon Hill. And this was uh, based on the public domain version of his book. And the other one is our very own real estate treasure map. And the real estate treasure map is a fill in the blank business in life plan. And what you're going to do when you get these two books is you're going to download the real estate treasure map and you're going to then print the real estate treasure map and it's 70 pages. And then you're going to be listening to um, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. It's going to give you the inspiration to answer the questions and move forward creating your business and life plan. And the sensation of relief and direction that you'll have as a result of having completed uh, these two very straightforward, simple assignments is going to make an enormous difference in your confidence level. And then when you're more confident about why you're doing what you're doing, you're then going to feel more confident and comfortable answering the hard questions that sometimes people are going to be asking you with regards to the housing market. That's right. So we're going to jump right in with part three, housing crash coming soon. Well, we're here to debunk the myth that you're going to wake up one day and there's just going to be inventory everywhere and it'll be wall-to-wall REOs and short sales again because prices are just so crazy that has to happen. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to happen. This time is not just like last time. And I've been looking, Tim. I've been purposely looking for things that would be the opposite end of that spectrum. Oh, me too. Definitely. Okay? 
So it's not, as you said, it's not that, you know, we have to have it our way or something. That's not it at all. That's why we're reporting factual-based statistics and reasons. Well, so who are we getting our information from, all of you? I mean, this is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. And we have thousands of coaching clients all over primarily the United States, but in Canada and other countries as well. And we hear from them every single day. Um, and when they, you know, our private Facebook page during one of the daily uh, private sessions, our coaches giving us feedback. And we're always, Julie and I have, we see it as our, one of our number one responsibilities as running our company is to make sure that we're always giving you guys the very leading in information. And what we hear from agents is that the market is going to do nothing but even get more in favor of sellers. So what we're going to do again is we're giving you this information so that you can counterbalance all the negative news that's, or really, there's not that much, but really the people that are out there trying to sell you into the belief that the housing market's going to crash. But specifically, there's two other agendas we have with this content. Number one is that you're educated so you can educate others. But two, because we want you to move past your reluctance um, to embrace this market for all it is and stop. A lot of people are out there waiting for the market to change or thinking, why should they buckle down and learn how to be listing agents and learn how to not just survive, but thrive in this market? Because after all, the market's just going to self-correct in a number of days, you know? And so that's the rationalization for actually not doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. And we want to push you past that. And that's the whole purpose of this information. Excuse me. Exactly. So this is part three. Uh, part one, we started on Friday. That was all about the differences in mortgage products and why it's completely different than the last go around. And yesterday was part two, which was talking all about demographics. So now we're going to talk about the impact of new construction. And this was a very hot topic today, actually, on Facebook Live. Agents have so many questions about this because it's not something that comes baked into their education and it's not always in their MLS. There's, a, I believe, quite a lack of education on this. So we're going to do just a little bit of informational stuff, and then we're going to get into the impact with regards to the housing market. And we're going to also give you guys some advanced information on what's going on with regards to inflation. Yes. If you're not, you know, we mentioned this yesterday, inflation, what is inflation? Inflation affects on housing markets, consumer prices. These are some of the, becoming some of the most Google, uh, search for terms on Google. People are seeing and feeling the inflation, even though the government is telling us there is no inflation. When you go to the gas pump, there's inflation. When you are buying food, there's inflation. When you are doing anything, there's inflation. And now you're having inflation that's starting to be combined with a little bit of scarcity. Things are hard to get. Mm -hmm. So this has never happened in our lifetimes. We're all used to abundance. <laughs> We're not used to rapidly rising prices. It's one thing to have your house rise in price or another asset. It's another thing when your milk is rising in price. This is a, all these new, these variables are going to be uh, experienced for the first time by many of us, unless you're our age and you only had a real tiny, tiny bit of it. Like when Julie and I were six and seven, when Jimmy Carter was president, there was a ton of inflation all the way until Ronald Reagan was president. There was a ton of inflation uh, then. Um, and we're, you know, we're going to relate a little bit of that to what's going to be experienced now. But really what's going to be experiencing now, the difference between then and now is that the money printing, the amount of money that the Fed is pushing into the economy is extraordinary. Never happened before. And so we're going to give you some of our best guesses and how that's going to manifest itself in your business and professional in your business and your personal life. That's exactly it. So here's the hot topic. Where are all the new homes? Why are the builders so far behind? Can't we just build our way into more inventory? And remember that the big overriding theme of why this time isn't just like last time we were headed for a crash is simple supply and demand. That's really the summary of it. But we're going to talk about that with regards to new construction. So why can't we just build our way into more inventory? Well, point number one, 
How do you even find out about new construction in your marketplace? I have to be very careful because I'm hearing from coaching clients that they're not really that versed in all this stuff, right? Right. So today we talked a little bit about how do you find out about new construction? What questions should you be asking? So that's point number one to write down. How do you find out what questions should you be asking? Number two, here's what you ask. Who is building what and where? And we'll talk about some sources to find that out. You also want to know, what is the registration process for your buyers? So many builders are saying, we're not going to do anything with you as a realtor unless your buyers come with you. Which builders have waiting lists? This goes in that category, know before you go or before your buyer does. So how do you find new construction? So in our opinion, the only thing that's really going to start to um, create more inventory it, it obviously black swan event aside is new construction because yeah. at the end of the day new construction is going to be the answer in most markets but what's going to shock people is how expensive the new construction is going to be because the new construction is going to be based on the prices of these very inflated prices of lumber and all these other We're things get into that. okay so yes. that, let's just move forward okay gotcha so number three what is up with lumber for example as the pandemic crushed the U.S. economy last spring, sawmills slowed down or shut down lumber production in anticipation of a housing slump. Remember, everybody's freaking out. What's going to happen? Okay, well, that slump never happened, and now there isn't enough no lumber to feed the demand of today's super hot inventory-starved market. Now, remember that lumber isn't just for framing. That also talks about, you know, cabinets and all kinds of housing-related things. Here's a fact. The surge in lumber prices in the past year has added 35000 almost 36000 to the price of an average new single-family home and about 13000 to the market value of an average new multifamily home, according to National Association of Home Builders. Right now, about one in four homes for sale are newly built, which is the highest share ever in the history of new construction. Historically, new homes have made it about one in 10, but fierce buyer competition has, has made it behind that shift. Let me share you with something yes. from a coaching client. So sure. we have coaching clients all over the country, and we have coaching clients in Iowa, in oh, yes. Ames, Iowa, and mm -hmm. they have a huge building boom that's going mm -hmm. on there. It's extraordinary. Something that Iowa and that section of Iowa has never seen before. And even in that market, Julie, mm -hmm. the new construction stuff is selling uh, at like record paces. Yes. There was, I think this was in Iowa. I had somebody, it was either in our EXP group or in our coaching business, tell me a story that it was, again, it was one of these, you'll remember as I start to tell mm -hmm. the story. It's one of these states that not isn't necessarily associated with the hot housing market. A new developer uh, rolled into town, basically developed something like, was, said they're going to release 25 lots. And there was such a demand, people were camping out for the yeah, lots. Idaho. Oh, no, no. Well, I wasn't. had one in Idaho. Was, you probably had another. It was... Um, it was Missouri. Oh, yeah? It was Missouri. That's funny. Yep, I just not remembered. known as like a hot vacation beach town. No, and exactly. Yet, and yet they're having that happen. I've had uh, clients in, in Idaho tell me about multiple bid situations just on the option to build on a lot. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that for a second. So here's a fact as we were talking about lots. New lots or the land supply is actually down by 20%. Part of that is because builders have been gobbling it up, but the availability of that is down. Lumber prices seem to set a new record almost daily. They are now up 67% uh, this year and 340% up from a year ago, according from, to Random Lengths. That's a wood products industry tracking firm. So I, again, up. <laughs> I didn't know they had that. I know. I was just thinking that. <laughs> right? that oh, that's a that's place. That's a little that, specific. That's an exciting place to work. Exactly. But it, <laughs> but the fact is up 340%. Okay. So even the cost of drywall is up 7% year over year. Steel is up 18%. Now, some of this is 
a lack of availability. Some of it is probably inflation. But the fact is that prices are up. The average cost per building lot is up 11% year over year, and supply of lots, again, is down by 20%. So the cost of materials is going up. One of the most common questions I get from coaching clients today, Tim, is um, what is this with builders adding an addendum to the contract saying, your final closing price is not necessarily what you're in contract for. It will be dependent on our final lumber costs. Well, so let's take this to the very high end. Julie, yeah. we have coaching clients in the very high end, and I've seen you know developers that are developing maybe a 10 or 15 lot subdivision, and the houses, let's say, are multiple millions of dollars. And as the lots are sold, the people have to put down a 10% deposit on the lots. Well, okay, that sort of makes, I mean, a 10% deposit on the completed cost of the construction. So you're not just buying a lot, you're buying a lot with a house and you're going, and the house is gonna cost you, say, $3 million, where you have to put down 300 grand, and the by the time the house goes into contract, before they even start construction, mm -hmm. with no promise of when the house is going to be done by. Right. So they're making you put down another 10%. Non-refundable, usually. And non-refundable. So then that first 10% and the second 10% becomes 20% down, and it's non-refundable, and you have to close, and they're not going to guarantee you a delivery date. But here's the thing that I saw mm -hmm. in these particular markets sure. where we have coaching clients. Between the first deposit mm -hmm. and the second deposit, mm -hmm. the builder raised the price. The price has gone up. The price so your 20% now has gone up along with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, now, and, the good news is that 20% becomes part of your down payment. Payment. It's not like you're giving it away, but still, it is a moving target. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of agents think that somehow it's illegal for builders to do that. I get a lot of questions like, mm -hmm. how is that? that isn't that uh, unethical? Isn't that illegal? Well, not if it's disclosed. They can, you know, builders have used their own contracts for years. It's sure. reviewed by attorneys. There's nothing illegal about it. Now, if you go into contract and you didn't have that addendum and they switch it at the end, maybe there's something to that. But no, this is just a common thing right now. So we're coaching people to make sure that you know what you're dealing with when you're going in and not to make any assumptions. Well, also, not every builder does it the same way. Tie it up from both ends, right? You yeah. want to get your buyer to sign a buyer's agency contract, oh, yes. a buyer, not just an agency agreement, but a buyer's agency agreement. Yeah. And then you want to also make sure you tie it up from the other side, too, and make sure that the, uh, the builder is going to be paying um, a co-op commission as well. And Julie touched on this before. I don't know if you're going to talk about this in your notes, but different builders have different thresholds for what uh, they require for you in order to be um, compensated. And it's not in many of these properties, the new construction is not, they're not in the MLS. So when you walk onto a new construction site, uh, they are going to have, maybe sometimes they welcome co-ops. Usually they do. Other times they don't. And some of these really hotly uh, contested housing markets, you're going to see builders are going to make the commission so, sort of somewhat of a negotiating point. Mm -hmm. and, the re and the way you want to do that, that way you're not stuck between a rock and a hard place, is you want to get your buyer to agree to pay you your commission in the event that the builder doesn't, because then the buyer is going to ask the builder to pay the commission. And that's going to come out of the builder's end of it and his sale proceeds. And so most of these uh, houses, these new construction houses, is a hard cost. They always figure in a commission. So in these particular cases where you don't know how to protect your commission and protect yourself by having a buyer's agency contract signed and then following the builder's actual procedures for quote unquote registering your buyer. If you don't do those things, then you're not going to be paid and your buyer's going to go into construction, a contract on a new construction house, you know, six months, yep. 12 months is going to pass. The house is going to uh, close and you're not going to be paid. Yes. And that, that actually came up on a coaching call the other day where the agent said, you know, I've had this buyer in contract, a new construction for you know, three or four months, and the builder now tells me that I'm not part of that. Yeah. Well, you didn't follow their rules. You may not be getting paid if you don't have that buyer agency with your buyer. So you do have to be careful about this, and it is quite inconsistent. 
amongst, you know, different builders have different policies. Same thing as seeing new construction in the first place. There are still builders who, yes, they used to have a model home. You used to be able to walk in the door, meet with the new build rep, but they closed that down sometimes because of COVID and sometimes just because the demand got to be out of control. So what do you do in that situation? Well, All you have to do is call and get an appointment. A little known fact, you have to call and get an appointment. They don't need to have models anymore in a lot of cases. Exactly. And, and they have offsite, yeah. you know, places where people will pick out all their finishes in some sort of commercial. Right. Or a lot of the builders in the larger communities, they'll actually use, there'll be a, a company whose job is to essentially deal with the builder's customers and help them pick out their tile and their grout and like all the rest of it. Like a third party that does it's, that. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a third party, like going to mm -hmm. pick out, they'll send you some big rug place to pick out your carpets or your, you know, your wood floor finishes and all the rest of it. So you're going to have to be, now it definitely, Julie said this, it de definitely depends on the builder you're dealing with. Some of these big national builders, they're probably going to be the easiest uh, to get along with and the least likely to try to pull a fast one on you. The small and medium guys, you're definitely going to have to make sure that you secure mm -hmm. your uh, your commission for doing all the work on behalf of your buyer. Otherwise, don't be surprised at all. And And that's, you know, unfortunately, that's the state of a really hot seller's market. That's right. And there are some builders too. And I wish I had a list of them. I've only read some reporting on it. There are builders that saw the lumber prices going up and did stockpile lumber in warehouses in anticipation of this being an issue. So again, not every builder has the same policy. You have to check on a case-by-case -case scenario. Okay. So point number four, the result of all this is a combination of delayed delivery for existing contracts, waiting lists for new construction purchases, and sticker shock for what price you'll pay for new. Even renovations are stymied due to the inflation costs and lack of availability of materials. We have a rental house that needs a deck rebuilt. And I've been told by two different contractors, it's going to be at least six months because they cannot locate enough lumber to do it with. You know, the one thing I looking at your notes that we didn't talk about is the increased cost of labor and the labor uh, shortage mm -hmm. around the country to have people that actually can build the houses because they're in yep. such demand. That's true. So, so but there's, there's some ancillary points. You know, there's yep. uh, builders that are reporting lumber being stolen off of their sites. Well, there's all on, kinds of You're keeping on stuff. bringing up lumber, but yeah. it's every it associated building cost. Well, we talked about steel and drywall right. and all these things. Also, appliances, especially high-end appliances, yep. are back-ordered. And it's not just the product themselves, it's the ability to deliver it. There's not enough train cars, there's not enough yep. delivery trucks, there's not enough guys that drive trucks, you know? So all of this gets down to supply and demand and shortages. That's true. And this is only going to um, amplify the demand for resale homes. And this is the interesting thing. Yes. This is where all this goes. And Julie's mm -hmm. got one more point, but I want to kind of circle the wagons, hopefully yep. for you guys mentally and emotionally. What this is going to do, is go, it's going to continue to elevate the cost of homes because of obviously as new construction, let's say for example, you're in Columbus, Ohio, where Julie and I sold real estate. And let's say you're looking at a 3000 square foot house, a resale house, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe how expensive it is. And then you go out to showcase homes or mm -hmm. one of these other builders, and a house that's also 3,000 square feet could be as many times 25 to 30% more expensive. Now, that isn't the way it always was. Generally speaking, new construction was more than resale, depending on your market, depending on the location, right? A lot of variables. But it wasn't that much more expensive. So what's going to happen is the resale homes are going to price to be essentially more expensive because they can. Because they can. And look at this quote from Jeffrey Metzger. He's the CEO of KB Homes, which is huge. 
He was interviewed on CNN Business and said, quote, while lumber prices have gone up, we've been able to pass it on to the consumer with higher prices for homes. (laughs) And then he went on to say, and there is still far more demand than there is supply. So right there, you know, and he's not the only one. Okay, even multifamily new builds are costing an average of $12,000 more to build. That causes your rents to be up on average of $119 more per person, uh, per tenant. And then here's an interesting conclusion point. This is sort of a a thing that I like to study for fun, right? No one knows when we'll get all this demand supplied with fresh housing, but it it is inspiring 3D printing companies to get serious about building houses. A 3D printed house costs half the time, half the money, and only takes a crew of four to build it. When there's a need in the market, oftentimes new innovations have the opportunity to fulfill that need. So watch for new solutions with that. There's also uh, neighborhoods of tiny homes going up. There's all kinds of interesting things happening. That tiny homes thing's going to kind of well, come and go. Well, it is a tiny yeah. home after it, all. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could imagine living yeah. in Well, we did live in a tiny home we when we first got married. Indeed. But as soon as we adopted one cat, that no, place was too a, small. Maybe for a single person, it's <laughs> yeah. all right. But you know what? The other problem that both 3D printed houses and tiny houses have been having is getting correct zoning because yep. nobody ever thought of it. So there's, you know, there's no easy button so far. But the moral of the story, again, the point of this content was to um, help you to understand why there's not going to be a housing crash. Well, here's another reason: the housing cra- there's not going to be a housing crash uh, because, again, there's not an, a resale housing crash, which is our primary. You know, resale is our primary mm-hmm. focus. So there's not going to be a precipitous drop in housing prices. If you saw new construction, if you're in a town and you're not, where new construction is less expensive than resale, you're not in that town because it doesn't exist on planet Earth right no. now. But mm-hmm. if you were to see that, then you should worry. That's right? right. And, you know, we did see that. It was massively overbuilt in the previous boom, the 2005, 6, 7 boom. You remember huge communities way out yonder that were beyond even being bedroom communities. And the only reason they were getting built then was because the boom was going on. It got overbuilt. Then there was an oversupply. There were towers full of condos. You remember see-through buildings, the nickname, because they didn't have any windows installed. I remember during the recession, we would go past uh, big, you know, new builds that were done, but the entire community would be chained off because the whole thing was foreclosed on. So everything you're mentioning, too, is also (laughs) fueled by speculative buyers. Yes, very speculative. And And builders, too, at that point. Well, sure, right. Builders there to meet the demand of the speculative buyers. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously created by this easy mortgage lending. Easy is not even the right word. Refer to Friday's podcast. Exactly. All this has changed. There's no real speculative buyers in the marketplace. Agents, How? when was the last time you had somebody that was saying, I want to go out and buy 10 houses and I'm going to speculate them on I'm going you know, hold them for six months and I'm going to flip them and I'm going to put, you know, these crazy short-term mortgages on them. And I mean, that's what it was like back then. Leveraging up out the eyeballs. Exactly. And that's not happening now. So again, this is the third part of this series. We're probably going to do three more parts. It's designed to give you the information you need to explain to your buyers and yourself why there's not going to be a housing crash. And also here's the, I think really what's, I, if you want to look at a bright side of all this, not that, you know, depending on your perspective, everything we just said might be a bright side. If you own a home, sure. you're looking at more, you know, appreciation. Mm-hmm. Your house will probably go up in value, appreciation, inflation by at least 10% this year. You know, last 17.2. year, that was the year over yeah. year from March to March, mm-hmm. 17.2. So it could even be more. Uh, but the, I think the, the bright side in all this is that it's going to create, like everyone is fearful after the last housing crash, people were fearful that there was going to be somehow a long-term uh, 
stain on housing. Like people somehow were going to think, I'm, you know, maybe the American dream is no longer own a home. Maybe the American dream is to rent a home and be mobile and, you know, do all this other. If you were around back then, which most of you were, you'll remember there was a lot of negative momentum about the idea of owning a home. Um, and look how fast that snapped back and look how much more and look, as the momentum towards wanting to own a home is continuing to build, you're now seeing, and this started really after the recession, this very same people that were telling you not to buy real estate, the guys that were trying to get you to buy securities, you know, stocks and bonds and all the rest of it. Now they're, what did they get into? The single family home business, right? The largest exactly. owner of real estate in the country is a hedge fund. So these are the well, types. And, and in fact, it's interesting you mentioned that because that also is stated. I'm gonna, I think we're going to conclude in a few podcasts about uh, just a combination of other random of things that don't fit into these categories. And one of them is the advent of all these institutional buyers, right? Right. That are gobbling up a lot of the inventory. And there's been a lot of that uh, things written about that, that that's not normal either. And that's another pressure that we have keeping inventory levels low. Again, summarizing with simple supply and demand. Where the pain's going to be felt are when people, so homeowners who've got long-term fixed rate mortgages, smart move because your appreciation or inflation, you notice I'm saying those two things together because mm -hmm. it's arguable that we're just experiencing massive inflation, but your inflation or your appreciation is going to more than offset your cost of actually living in the home, paying for the home, maintaining the home. The people that are going to get hurt are the people that did not and cannot buy a house because they're now going to see their rents go through the roof. That's true, too. And we've been hearing different projections that even some of these big national um, you know, REITs that own all these billions of homes and um, multifamilies, they're going to be raising their rents by over 10% in the next 12 months. Now, if someone doesn't have a over 10% increase in their take-home pay and their rent's going up, and their rent's going up on everything that's available, they're going to be experiencing some unnecessary pain. At the same time, they're going to see their expenses going up on everything else. That's the downside yeah. of inflation. Right now, people are saying, well, my asset prices are going up. And now people are starting to say, ouch, I'm starting to see my expense side go up now as well. Now you're in real estate. When you sell something, it's also, you know, the commission is more or less reflecting the new price. So you're getting a raise in your commission. You're getting a raise in your income along with the raise in the home price. But if you're not in real estate, you're not necessarily going to be able to keep your income up with your expenses. And that's the downside of inflation. And that's where things get really scary for people. That's right. And so that's something that we'll be watching and reporting on and seeing. I, I think uh, some of that has already started to happen with our FHA and VA and, you know, low down payment buyers that have kind of been squozing out. But, you know, we'll see how this develops. Well, there's going to be a whole generation of people that aren't going to be able to build wealth that's as fast. It's going you know, it's the bifurcation that everyone's been it's talking about, you know, and, and it's really going to be bifurcated towards people that own or don't own. Yes. Because over the next few years, the amount of inflation appreciation is going to make it so that the people that did not own homes in their lifetimes might not be able to catch up um, their net worth in comparison to, say, their neighbor who decided sure. to stop renting and went out and bought well, something. Well, and that, that's an argument for not sitting on the fence. Right. If you do have the chops to be buying right now and locking in that low interest rate mortgage or paying cash, if you do have that ability, the buyers you're working with have that ability, then yes, it is actually a good time to buy, even though... If you only look at prices and inflation, you might argue that it's not. Well, waiting is going to cost you more than not waiting so, in most cases. So let's drill down on that for a second. Yeah. So what's going to naturally happen, and this is this is baked in, 
as as the inflation becomes something that the government can no longer uh, talk their way around. As everyone's starting to say, WTF, what's up with prices? Then what's going to happen is the Fed's going to come out and say, we need to raise interest rates to slow down uh, consumption. Yep. We need to raise interest rates, making it so fewer people can buy so we can get the, the prices don't continue to rise. And when that happens, you're going to see people that are going to be locked out of owning a home for a generation or two, you know, 10 or 20 years, let's call it a generation, a decade, right? And and that's, and Julie and I saw that when we were selling real estate. We were yep. selling real estate sometimes to people who were, you know, in their 40s and sometimes their 50s who were buying their first homes, right. who basically were locked out all that time because the interest rates went up. Well, and now we have high prices and exactly. potentially higher interest rates. It's okay if you have high prices and low interest rates because then you can still afford the payment. And if you're confident that inflation is going to stick around and the house is going to continue to inflate in value and your mortgage is say three and a half percent or whatever it is but the house increases over the next 12 months by 10 percent effectively you know you you're going to basically be living there for free i know that's not exactly how the math works but it's pretty darn close so you everyone you know everyone you know's dog needs to be buying a house if you can i mean absolutely need to do it because it's not there's very little headwinds, very little reasons to believe that there's going to be any sort of precipitous drop in pricing anytime soon. We would tell you. We study this for a living. Yeah, we are that boring. We are that boring. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, but you know what? The thing is that our job is to have your backs. Our job is to not let anything sneak up on you and to you got watch up, these what, trends. 6 a.m. this morning to work on podcasts? Yep. I like I got up and I saw Julie sitting in her reading chair. I said, Julie, what are you doing? Like, let's go on a walk or something. I've got to finish three podcasts. Yeah, well, you know, I got to make sure it's accurate stuff. And I'm always looking for counterbalance to that. So, yeah, you know, stick with us and we'll make sure that you know what's happening out there. So in the meantime, if you guys want to talk with Julie and I about joining our EXP Realty Group, it's called Libertas. I want you to text me directly at 512-758-0206. If you're ready to join EXP Realty and you're looking for the right sponsor, please do consider Julie and I. Text me directly at 512-758-0206. Thanks and have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.